Hello, everybody. This is Playing With Fire podcast number 10. I'm here with my lovely wife, Darla. Hey, everybody. And you might be able to hear my dogs in the background. They're just... Uh, As they're, usual. They're partying. <laughs> so this is the first first podcast of 2019. It took us a while to get back to the mic, but here we are, and we're going we're gonna to make this a regular thing. Today, I figured we'd go back and do something kind of fun. It's fun and frustrating all at the same time kind of the phenomenon of uh, people stealing photos and posting them as their own. There's kind of, it's kind of evolved from what it was at the beginning to what it is now. I don't know. I figured it'd be kind of interesting to go through that. All right. Uh, so I've told some people this story, but the first time it happened was years ago. Instagram was just sort of starting and a friend of mine at work was like, hey dude, this, uh, this guy is making, he's doing welds that look a lot like what you're doing. And this was before everyone was doing weave welds and walking the cup and, you know, all the all the fancy stuff. There wasn't a lot of people really into it yet. Well, people weren't taking pictures and posting it is what no, you mean. No, the, the weld porn page, page was kind of in its infancy. Uh, it had just started fairly recently. And I think one of the reasons my stuff got stolen a lot was because I I used that weld porn tag forever. I've used it for a long time. And if you go to my Flickr or if you Google if you Google weld porn or you Google welding pictures, back in the day, most of what showed up was my Flickr stuff because Flickr is what I used to host my photos for my website since like 2008, 2007. Right. And it's uh it was connected with Google for a long time. I don't know if it still is, but it was one of the nice things about using Flickr and Etsy in the infancy of my website was both of them were, were searchable by Google. So if you looked for, you know, things in Google, my, my stuff would pop up. Uh, we've since kind of moved on from that, but, uh, Flickr still, I still have tons of, I probably have 12,000 photos on there. Something like that. I should look it up. So I think what happened was, People would be on Instagram and they'd be looking at the, these pictures and be like, man, that's, uh, you know, I got to I gotta keep up with my buddy here who's doing this work and talking all kinds of crap about it. So they Google on, on the old Google on the internet and my photos pop up and they pop up under brown dog welding. Well, I have currently, I have a brown dog welding Instagram account. I started it just so somebody wouldn't steal it and I basically just post basic welding photos on there it's got like 6,000 followers so uh it's it's doing okay but it's more of a pure welding thing uh and my real account or my not my real account but the account that I use mostly is welder assassin so I think what happened was people would google weld porn a photo would pop up and they'd be like oh this Josh Welton brown dog welding guy did it then they would look on Instagram and say, hey, Brown Dog Welding isn't on Instagram, so I'll just click save this photo and post it like I did it. And some guys would massage the picture a little bit. But the first time, so the first time this happened, and since then, I mean, it's happened a lot. Right. But this first time was really bizarre and was pro- it's probably still one of the more, one of the weirder times when it happened so this guy that i work with one of my friends at work was like hey this dude that's uh that's really popular he's got these welds and they look a lot like yours you know he did a he did a nice job with these so i went over and i looked at it and i'm like 
those look a lot like mine because they are my pictures. They're my photos. And there was there was three of them within the last few days that he had posted. Uh, this dude, his handle back in the day was the Garage Inc., and then he changed it. Uh, I think he was, it, yeah, I will get into that later. But so I looked at it, and I started commenting on it like, oh, wow, how did you do that? Because I knew that they were mine, so I figured I'd get them to talk about it. Right. And my comments kept getting deleted. So I was like, huh, that's weird. So yes. I went and I found my original photos and I posted them next to the ones that he posted as his own. And I, I put it up on Instagram. And because this dude had, a, I mean, he had like a quarter million followers on Instagram, a half million on Twitter. And he was posting pictures of welds, and nobody knew what it was. So I'm pretty sure he just bought all his followers because they had it's no possible. clue about the work that he did. Yeah. Uh, and then, then later, when the robot, uh, the uh, the purges came through, he lost all kinds of followers. But at that point, I'd never heard of the dude. Um, so I posted this photo, and right away, there's tons of reaction. Like, holy cow, who's right? Because this dude had way more followers than me. So. Am I stealing people people's pictures? Like there was some people that were kind of up in the air. So I tried to make it very clear that no, these are mine. I had them. Um, you could see the date that I posted them up on Flickr. It was before Instagram even existed. Uh, so <laughs> within a few minutes, I started getting phone calls from Miami, and I don't like talking on the phone very much. Really? Yeah. Wow. I don't, huh. which is great for running a business <laughs> when you hate talking on the phone. It's good that you have a wife who enjoys talking on the phone. Yes. She orders all the pizza and <laughs> talks every time, unless I, you know, need to talk for security reasons or whatever. It's her talking for me usually. So, anyways, I'm at work. I pick up the phone, and this dude is like, "Hey, man!" He's like, "This is uh, this is Austin. I saw you p- post those pictures of uh, those welds." And he's like, "I, I didn't copy them." I'm like, uh, "Yeah, yeah, you did. They're they're my photos." Like, and now you're straight up lying. Yeah, and he's like, "No, no, I can show you the pieces of metal that I did the welds on." And I was Please like, "No, do. no, you can't <laughs> because they're they're mine." He's like, "What? Yeah, I thrown them away, but." I know they look pretty similar, but I can promise you that they're not. I've thrown them away. And it was just like, <sighs> real, this, he was willing to, to die on this. So I'm like, listen, you apologize. Say, you know what? I did this. I'm sorry. And I'll take my post down. And that's the last we'll ever hear of it. And uh, he's like, I can't, I can't do that. He's like, I, I, didn't, I didn't do this. And we went back and forth. And it was just obvious I was getting nowhere with this dude. So I was like, all right. I, I didn't want like problems or issues or right. beef with somebody. So that. I was like, all right, dude, listen, you already took your pictures down of, you know, your posts of my pictures down. So I'll take mine down, but I want you to know that I know you're an effing piece of shit. And then I hung up the phone. I actually think I said, I want you to know that I know that you're a lying piece of shit. And he's like, oh, dude, do you ever need anything? Let me know. And I said, I will never need anything from you and hung up the phone. So I took my post down, but then I posted my original photos with no context and just said he took his down or he took his post down. I took my post down. Here are the original photos. And right away, people were commenting on it. I didn't use his name, but some people in the comments did. And I started getting phone calls from this number again. I ignored it. I ignored it. Finally, I picked it up, and I just said, what? 
He's like, hey, dude, I thought that we, we agreed not to, not to post. You, you would take that down. I said, I did take it down. I posted my pictures. Yeah, but people are saying, I don't have any control of that. That's not my problem, dude. And I hung up the phone. So then I started getting people commenting on my photos, taking screenshots, like calling me out, and then deleting their comments. It was really bizarre. Like they were trying to basically say, uh, I was in the, like I was lying about the photos, and it was a group of his friends. And I, here's what I think happened. What I think happened was he got in a shit talking contest with a few guys online. They were way wet, better welders than he was, so he didn't want to lose face. And he found some welds to post up, say he did it, told his buddies he did it, and they believed him. So then they started going after me, and finally I had enough, and I said, "Listen, you tell your boy that because they they." De- denied you know it was anything to do with him i said you tell your boy that either you back off or i just post everything up again and that was it never never heard from it again yeah so that was the first time and it was this weird like why what what happened here why so he this is the other funny part he actually flipped the photos and said he did them left-handed oh yeah and i was like dude i yeah i can well left-handed too i know that like no you didn't and he's like, oh, yeah, no, no, I'm left-handed. I don't left-handed. Like, you just took the photo and hit flip in the editor. And he didn't even, like, there were specks of dirt that he didn't yes. edit out. So you could tell that it obviously absolutely they were yours. mine. Actually, there was one company that was working on, planning on possibly working with him. Uh-huh. And they contacted me and and asked me the validity of it. And I said, yeah, they were, they were my photos that he took. They had their digital team uh, examine the photos and came back because you know that that's a big investment in a person. It's just there's this trust thing, and you don't want to work with someone who you can't trust. Well, and they were going to support this guy in his work. Yeah, and he's posting not his work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, their their digital guy came back and said, "Yeah, 110 percent. These are Josh's photos, and the dude copied them." So they didn't say anything to him specifically they just sort of backed away from him and didn't didn't pursue that farther but he was like he was trying to get a tv show he had like sizzle reels done he's like oh my my wife is pregnant and i just can't deal with this shit right now and so, why what's the point and i thought it would be this one off phenomenon like well, okay it was funny too because he had this whole thing like stay humble grind hard <laughs> which is yeah. so annoying while he's like posting pictures of him and his supermodel wife and guns and now he's an nra spokesman and uh, like it just doesn't fit the thing and then people started yeah. coming out that had sub- subcontracted for him it was like he didn't do any of the work we did all the work and yeah he was just taking credit for it so whatever yeah. the dude i met him once he's not someone that i would want to be friends with so uh yeah and i didn't when i and met you're him not so it all works and when out. i met him i didn't realize it was him <laughs> otherwise i i probably that would have maybe gone a little bit differently yeah because uh, that's a funny story too <laughs> he brought his bodyguard to SEMA. Yeah. like some dude that nobody knows who he is has a bodyguard. He's got a bodyguard with him at SEMA. Mm-hmm. like you know chip foose is walking around sans bodyguard yeah but this dude thinks that he needs a bodyguard so whatever anyways like it was odd i thought why would anybody do that and you know i i kind of had figured out the reasons he did it but then it started being this thing where it happened all the time and the only thing i can think of was that the reason early on 
my photos were getting stolen so much was because brown dog welding was not on instagram so they would find the pictures on google copy paste or click save and post it and be like hey check out this stuff i did it was yeah i didn't call out everyone that did it it just every now and then i would get bored and i would do it and it, contrary to popular opinion i was not like looking for these things they no. usually just popped up or somebody would send it to me i was or, gonna say it was usually people pointing it out or tagging you in a photo that somebody tried to pass off as yeah. their own my favorite one was when this dude <laughs> he went by self-made whatever you know that kind of guy <laughs> and it's a picture of my weld and he was flat right out of school and he you know people when you call them out they they do one of a few things a they just delete it like it never happened b they make their account private so that nobody can go in there and see it and they keep it and they just pretend like they're in this isolated bubble where nobody knows that they're a lying piece of shit or c they try to argue with you or say it's a mistake or something stupid like that. And this kid was like, oh, man, no, I just posted. I thought it was one of my welds. I thought it was something I did in school. It was just in my phone. And I thought, you know. And so I looked at the rest of his work, and nothing came close to being at that kind of level. And then yeah. people started coming out of the word work messaging me saying, you know, I've worked with this dude before. He's kind of a, it's kind of a, uh, just a not straight up, not honest dude. So those, I had a, what's interesting is it's fun to, I mean, when somebody does that, you just, you're lying. You're not being honest. So I don't have a lot of uh, issues kind of making fun of those people. But there were a few times where like guys were getting death threats and I was like, yeah, you can make fun of that dude, but no more death threats. Or they would apologize and they'd be like, listen, I was a, you know, I'm a young kid. I did something stupid. Uh, because the next generation, like intellectual property in the next generation, they just don't feel about it the same way. Like, right? They just think that everything that goes online is for use, which is not how legally it's supposed to work. Right. So the photos evolved from people stealing photos and saying that they did it, which happened probably fifty or sixty times, and that like you I know said, of, <laughs> yeah, that I know of, and you would call out, and they would either take their stuff down or they would make it private or whatever. Uh, or th- then it kind of evolved into these sites. Like, so Wellport did it right. Marcus did it right, where he he finds the best pictures, excuse me, and he tags the person who did it, says something about the photo, and then that person, it's mutual because Wellport gets views and engagement, and the person on the other end gets credit and followers and a little bit of credibility. And that's what's important. Yeah. Give the credit. Yeah, absolutely. Simple. Go uh, ahead. Repost all you want. But there's all these other sites that started popping up. And at first, I don't think they were robots. I think they were just guys trying to build sites to sell stuff. They would either use the pictures to get likes and followers and then sell the account to somebody, or they would turn it into some knockoff, you know, weld weldish weld porn kind of thing to sell t-shirts and then it evolved into now it's just robots doing it and like they're stealing family photos and posting them oh it's There's so no, creepy it, it's the bots and they're like yeah like check this out and because it's your account it's like our family dinner photo it's <laughs> right. like a date night photo or of like us I, and it's so creepy i have family members that are like i, I stopped following you because every time i liked anything i get 10 fake welding accounts 
liking my stuff and that just gets annoying oh yeah like i used to love when it would be like welder 69 triple x now follows you <laughs> oh my gosh I come love on welder. people I yeah love welder uh so yeah that gets that gets frustrating and you can so instagram by the letter of the law you're not supposed to repost anybody else's content without their permission right that's against the rules now, if you're doing it and you're getting credit, most people don't have any issue with that. Right. It's so simple. But Instagram should be way more proactive of going through the accounts that just flat out steal content and repost it like it's their own. You would think that they could easily have a bot to catch a bot. You would think so. <laughs> you would think so. We'd have the yeah. te- we probably do have the technology to do that, but it's not in their oh. best interest at this point or right. whatever. Now, Josh, I'm going to bring this up because this is something I know people so often say to you is, well, dude, why don't you watermark your photos? Yeah, because the first 10,000 or 11,000 photos that I posted on Flickr was just for my website. I didn't have, it was not easy to watermark stuff then. And my feeling was, if the watermark was intrusive enough so that somebody couldn't steal the picture, it took away from the photo. And the photo to me is is art. Yeah. Or if the watermark is off the picture enough, then they'll just crop it out anyways. Exactly. And it happened exactly. over and over again. Now watermarking has become very industry or very easy. It's pretty much standard. I still don't do it, but at this point, I, you know, I, whatever. Right. People know when when it's your work. Like if you create. Max, my buddy Max Grundy told me a long time ago, with art, you're creating a language. And if you create it strong enough, it's yours, it's unique. And if someone else copies you, everyone that's observing knows that that person's speaking your language. Right. They didn't come up with the language, they're speaking yours. And I think it becomes pretty obvious uh, when it first, when the when the crazy weed welds first started getting hugely popular, popular, I got, I started getting tagged in a bunch of them because my stuff had gotten copied or stolen so much that everyone just assumed that these people were taking my photos too. But it was actually this new crop of super talented welders coming up, and then they started really finding their own their own style and their own voice. And yeah, I mean the amount of incredible talent. I can usually decipher guys' work now. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty obvious who does what. And sometimes it's fun to try to copy somebody's signature, like their weld, how they weld. Uh, I like to weld a bunch of different ways. It's not just like playing with a foot pedal or straight dabbing or walking the cup or freehand. I love doing everything. So it's kind of fun to mess with people. And Oh, sure. And we talked a little bit about that in our creativity and inspiration podcast that we did. Um, Yeah. and a lot of times, even like in art school, um, art students are challenged to recreate, um, you know, works of the masters and mm-hmm. it's to learn technique and then see, you know, how do you develop that? How do you use that, you know, in your arsenal of creativity? Um, how does, you know, there's nothing wrong with influence. And, no. and what's really awesome, I love this, and I know that you do too, is when guys are like, hey, man, I do what I do because of what you did. And that's awesome. Nothing feels better than that. Exactly. That's so cool. That's, that's a great so feeling. Cool. And I've changed. Yeah. 
A little bit. And I still, like if somebody, I used to get a bunch of emails like, hey dude, and it wasn't even asking. It was, hey dude, send me a blueprint of your work. (laughs) I've never drawn something out before. Like I just don't do blueprints. I do what's ever in my head. And B, even if I did, why would I just send it to you? Right. Now, on the other hand, I'll get a student that says, I have a project. Do you mind if I do this sculpture? And it's like, yeah, do it, but put your own twist on it. Put your own you know, mark on it, use that as a jumping off point. But I've come to the point where it's not, I don't, I don't get so mad when, when especially younger students or hobby welders copy what I do or what somebody else does, because it's like a cover song. It's like when you're growing up playing uh, music and you're trying to, you know, you're playing uh, smells like Teen Spirit or yeah, Stairway to Heaven. Yeah, exactly or, what we talked about uh, in the yeah, other podcast. And they, and they learn, and you learn technique through that, and then you do your own thing. And a lot of these a lot of these accounts that started with stuff that was pretty derivative now are doing really unique, really unique work. Which is cool, because yeah. they pushed, pushed the envelope. Pushed, Absolutely. You know, pushed past your creativity and started to develop something of their own. Yeah. And which is, which is really neat just to see... You know, it's fun for me to look at your influence and what I see out there. And it's hilarious. I feel like your stuff had probably been reposted way more than we know because I'm looking at the Flickr site and you have over 14,000 photos and 12 million views. So good chance. (laughs) We might have missed a few out there. Probably. (laughs) Probably. And it's like, I just, it doesn't make any sense to me why... From one standpoint where you just want to get likes, I get that. But if you're showing off work and you want people to really like the work, then how do you feel good by posting a picture of somebody else's work? Yeah, that's weird. Eventually, That'd be like you're going to have to put up or shut up and you're not going to be able to do it. posting a Beyonce song and being like, listen <laughs> to me sing. This is amazing. Oh, sorry. I thought this was already recorded on my phone from a previous recording uh, oh, session. I swore this was me. I thought... Sorry, I sound exactly like this. You sound just like Beyonce. <laughs> yeah. No, it's totally, totally like that. I. That, but then there's, you know, there's always these weird fringe accounts that, like, some of them will just post pictures of all these luxury things and pretend like they're living a life that they're not. It's... I don't. I don't know. That was like the uh, little bow wow when he posted the. That was like huge. The yeah. We, um, yeah. He's like I don't know something about jet setting, and he posts a picture of himself with a private jet, and then somebody like two hours later posts a picture of him on their commercial flight flying economy. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Like, even why? people at that level do that. It's so yeah. There's a there's a Netflix documentary. Paris Hilton actually uh, produced it. Yeah. And, after watching it, I actually, I mean, it was biased, but I have some respect yeah. for her because she's worth billions now on top yes. of what she was born with. Like, obviously, she had the silver spoon in the hotel and she went through her trials and t- tribulations as a youth. But with a Vegas a, hotel named after her, <laughs> she's got her fingers in so many pies right now from anything you can think of. From wine to perfume to clothing to whatever Weird it's things, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. The the eye opening thing from that documentary and several others that are out there right now about the whole Insta Famous thing was how big 
celebrity that aren't like celebrities in the traditional sense. They're social media celebrities, like giant influencers. Influencers. I'd never heard of most of them, so that shows how isolated I am. But like the the fat Jew, that one. Yeah. He admitted to stealing tons of content. It's just like, no, that's what our generation does. We repurpose content. And nobody had saw it before. You know, this guy had this little audience. I brought it to a big audience. You're using that person's creativity. Yeah. And you're just completely giving a middle finger to any kind of concept of intellectual property. Yep. I had that with some of my sculptures, the Bender sculptures I did, which to me, that's even a little bit of a gray area because people will be like, well, you don't want somebody copying something, but you did and a sculpture of something I that already exists. I always gave you crap for that. <laughs> to me, but it's pop art. It's, it's different. It's a different median. It's subject matter. It's the materials. It's, it's just a totally different, to me, it's, it's, a, it's a totally different thing than like drawing it and copying it and or making a cartoon exactly like it my brother travis said man your uh your bender sculptures are on the front page of reddit and so i thought man that's cool and i went to the site and there they were and people were giving the original poster all kinds of credit for these amazing sculptures he did and he would just say thank you thank you (laughs) so i get on there and Reddit has this, you know, sort of these little tight knit, blah, 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 tight knit niches where like you have to, it's really hard to penetrate this inner circle or whatever. And I go on there and say, hey, these are my sculptures. And everyone jumps on me like I'm trying to take credit for something that I didn't do. And then even the guy who posted it messages me and he said, man, what's your problem? So uh, these are my sculptures. I would like credit for it. Goes, I don't. I don't need to give you credit for anything. And yeah, obviously you didn't. And his reasoning was, as soon as you put it online, man, it's free use. The pictures are free use. That is literally exactly the opposite of the law. Copyright laws actually. So I have an easier time uh, keeping a hold of the photographs I do of my sculptures than my actual sculptures themselves. Somebody can copy one of my sculptures and I would have a hard time bringing any legal action towards them. But if they take a picture or steal one of my pictures, then as soon as you put a as soon as you take a photograph of something, you own the the copyright to that. You don't have to do anything else. You can register it and it makes it easier in the long run if you want to take any legal action. But Technically, you don't have to. So what he was saying was literally the opposite of what the law is, but that's the direction. I don't want to lump all millennials into it, but that's the direction this generation is going, where intellectual, there's, it's all free use. It's all shared. Right. And I don't think it's great for artists. I don't know what the end game will be because it's, pretty, it's a pretty big momentum, and guys are now getting called out for stealing stuff, and they're not losing their... They're not losing their sponsorships. They're not losing their gigs. They're not losing their accounts. They just keep getting, you know, more followers, more likes, and more people send them stuff to pimp, and they're doing more paid posts. And so it's it's frustrating to see it go that direction. I don't know what can be done to It's weird. It's like it. everybody's looking to be the next big thing. We you just watched the, uh, the Fire Festival oh, documentaries on hulu and netflix hilarious it's like what are are, are we chasing crazy chances to and and willing to screw other people if they can get ahead yeah that's the bottom line yeah 
And I wonder how much this is happening with different media sites, whether it's automotive media or sports media or art or culture, where these new podcasts or YouTube channels or accounts pop up and they're using fake, they're, they're using other people's work to get engagement. Right. And then they're also falsifying engagement numbers. There's one guy right now, there's this big sports thing going on between two blogs that like one guy faked a multi-million dollar transaction to try it, it's bizarre i it's uh what is it chat sport and i can't think of it but somehow sports illustrated and time warner were involved and oh, uh, yeah fake the, the guy was sending fake emails and then he said to build his site up, he used fake bylines. So he wrote stuff, and it was all his writing, and it all sucked. But he used a bunch of different, like he made up writers, and then made up Twitter accounts, and then made up email addresses to make it look like he had a whole staff of writers. And when he got called out on it, he said, well, yeah, I was just starting the site. That's what you do to start a site. You, oh you fake gosh. everything. Like, literally, that's what he thought. And you and, know what's and crazy? The prevailing is that... We're all suckers for it most of the time. Most Everybody of the time. falls for it. It's like, oh, that looks very official. Just like um, on the the Fire Festival documentary, I can't remember which one it was, if it was the Netflix one or the Hulu one, but um, they're showing it was like toward the end. It must have been the... Uh, the Netflix one and they're showing toward the end, you know, the guy got a hold of the fire festival email list <laughs> and starts emailing all of these, you know, pretty like definitely some kids who had some money who signed up for the fire festival. And when that all fell apart, uh, you know, somebody still had all their contact info. And so they start emailing them, Hey, I can get you a meet and greet, uh, you know, at the next festival, I can get you um, tickets to Hamilton, you know, Hamilton I, in New York city. So just trying tickets to take to advantage the Met Ball, to the, <clears throat> excuse me, the Met Gala tickets to yeah. meet and greets with Taylor Swift, who does not do meet and greets. He's selling tickets to things he cannot get tickets for. Yeah. And he's doing it while he's out on bail, while he's facing charges for the fraud with the fire festival. And, and laughing about it, too. Like, he was just like, he's like, yeah. They, they were filming it. everything. Yeah. And he's basically, like, oh my he, gosh. he got a quote unquote <laughs> business partner to be the face of it. This guy named yeah. Frank, but he was writing the script. Frank. He was giving him all the, the info and... He's gonna get, he's gonna get in trouble for that too. I would like to think that we're all smarter than that. We just want to digest everything so quickly. We force it on ourselves and just accept it for face value without really questioning things or checking it out or doing our research. And I feel like that's important. We've got to do that. <laughs> yeah, it, and it is it is difficult for copyright infringement on Instagram. It is a pain in the ass to file a copyright infringement. Oh, right, yeah. It works, but it takes like 20 minutes, and by the time you're done, three more fake accounts have popped up. Right. Which is frustrating. But see, that's the thing. Like, that's hilarious. You just said it takes 20 minutes to... But it's like, well, it's, it's only 20 minutes, but you want it to but happen when it happens, instantly. Yeah. But when it happens time like five times a day, you can't sure. take... You time can't is take two hours money. out of your day yeah. to file copyright infringements unless you're making money off of it. Right. I guess for somebody putting, you know, five seconds of thought into their careless. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. There's got, there's got to be a way things are going to be able to be validated. Right. Quicker. Like there was a, an automotive person on Twitter who said they used to work for one of the big OEMs 
in their marketing or their press department, and he said he would routinely get influencer requests for or requests from influencers for cars or for events that they would fake all the numbers on it. And he's like, I could go into Photoshop or I could go in and see where they Photoshop three extra zeros on the end of their engagement oh my numbers. Gosh. There's no shame. They, yeah. Like the ends, the end always justifies the means. Right. Right now. I'm kind of in the minority. I think that at some point soon there's going to be some overarching filter where we are going to, because the cycle is so far towards just everything is bullshit right now, mm-hmm. I think it's going to cycle back to there's going to be a way to check the validity of sources, of actual people, of accounts, of influencers, of journalists, and the requirements are going to be much more stringent. It's going to be, I think, I think it's going to go the other direction at some point. It would be interesting if... There was a way without giving, you know, login info to your account that you could get like a valid link. Like if somebody says, okay, I'd like to see your influencer numbers. Can you give me your whatever, you know, like Instagram or Facebook would call it. Here's my, my, you know, influencer numbers. They should be public. You just get a, right. And they don't even have to just be out there, but it can be a shareable verified link from any of the sites that person or the company that you're trying to partner with, you can share that with them. And because I mean, you know, it takes a lot of work to put all that info together. We have, we have a, like a media package and influencer little package for you that shows all your numbers. And I mean, they are what they are, you know, we don't have to fluff any of it. Sure. There's probably other people who have better numbers or, fake numbers. I think at some point the platforms themselves are going to have to care because they're so not transparent right now. They're so opaque with all of that. They don't want you to see the numbers because they're faking a lot of it. That's what Facebook is under lawsuit with right now. Or they will accept the bigger numbers at a cost. (laughs) They look better. Everything looks better. Well, right. Like there's there's a company that we love and respect. They have an influencer whose content we think is ridiculous and don't approve of. And it's um, a detriment to women. And the company thinks it's great. And they love that this person gets really high engagement. A- engagement and I think it's bull crap. Yeah. And I it's the one thing that makes me feel really disappointed in a company that I think is like a great family company. Yeah, there's uh, even uh, the companies fall for it. Uh, yeah, not too many. Yeah. It's uh at some point they make a business decision and it's, it's hard to just, you know, if you're if you're running a business, it's hard to keep doing it on a moral high ground. Uh yeah. but at the same time, you have to keep your integrity. And that's something I struggle with with writing because obviously I'm sponsored by by companies, but I don't right. I don't want to do I don't want to work with anyone that I don't believe in their product. And on the other end, right, the best companies are the ones that don't want to work with people that don't embody what they're trying to put out there as a product, exactly, or a, a lifestyle or whatever, exactly. And that's few and far between. It's hard to find that because people right now are just numbers, numbers, numbers. The bean counters, the marketing people, the executives just want to look at these numbers and be blown away and they don't care if they're fake. They just, right. well, you look at the pivot to video thing right now. All these companies were 
told by Facebook that video was the way to go. You have to go to video and yeah. people lost their jobs. Copy editors lost their jobs. Writers lost their jobs. The people putting up together content were asked to do more with the same pay. Like videos are so much longer to do than writing. So much harder. Uh, yeah. And it requires a different talent base. And then you find out that the companies are saying, wait, we're not getting any better. Our sales aren't improving. Our views on our site aren't improving. Turns out the Facebook was full of shit. The numbers weren't true. <laughs> and now exactly. they're now they're in court for it. Yeah. I don't know if anything's going to change. I don't think Zuckerberg's ever going to be held accountable. But when it comes to money, companies, you know, it's the bottom line. If it gets to the point where they're they're basing their decisions on numbers that aren't real and then their like their their actual their sales, their actual performance doesn't jive with that, then I think you'll have companies saying, hey, wait, are these numbers real or not? But it's not going to happen until it affects their bottom line. Right. Interesting. Yeah. I just thought it'd be fun to kind of go through the progression of intellectual property theft. The scope of the subject is huge. There's a lot of uh, different ways to go with it. People ask me why I get so upset about it. And to me, it's a fairness thing. I And I know life isn't fair. It just isn't. But when somebody's using my work to profit, then I have an issue with it. It's I'm not I'm right. not just gonna sit there and be like, Oh, go ahead and use my stuff to get likes and, and hits and so you can sell your cheap uh, Chinese-made T-shirts or whatever. Right. I, I have an issue with that. But hey, if you're listening and if you have an interesting story about intellectual property theft, or if you have any insight on this, we'd love to hear from you. General thoughts. Yeah. Feedback. We yeah. always love that. This was fun. Episode number 10. We'll be back. <laughs> I will talk about welding at some point, too. Yeah. And whatever else we... Uh, we come up with. Thanks for listening once again, and we'll catch you next time. Love y'all. Bye-bye. Bye.